engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the second letter. Luke is the only one with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is helpful to me in the ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus in Troas, the papyrus rolls, and especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. You too be on guard against him, for he has strongly resisted our preaching. At my first defense, no one appeared on my behalf, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. The Word of the Lord. Be to God. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your friends, your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Making known to men your might and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages, and your dominion endures through all generations. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I chose you from the world to go and bear fruit that will last, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory be to you, O Lord. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals. And greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house, and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter, and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it, and say to them, 
The kingdom of God is at hand for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four evangelists, the gospel writers. There is one gospel, of course, when you think of the word gospel in the sense of the message of Jesus Christ, the message he revealed for salvation. It is one unique, indivisible gospel in the sense of the gospel message. The gospels are the four books that recount that one message of Jesus from four different angles, if you will. Not contradictory, but indeed different in what they emphasize. Different in terms of the audience they're trying to reach. And Luke preaches especially and writes in his gospel with the themes of the poor, God's love for the poor, and the theme of of God's mercy. It is in Luke, for example, that we find the prodigal son and the, the uh, mercy that is revealed there in that account. Luke talks about mercy and the poor. And these two concepts, these two gospel truths go together very nicely because mercy is God's intervention for the poor those who cannot help themselves, those who have no help but God, doesn't mean just materially poor. I knew Mother Teresa. We talked about the poor and her commitment to the poor. And she was very, very clear about the kind of poverty that leads to isolation, the kind of poverty which is a lack of love the kind of poverty which is a lack of spiritual awareness of the dignity of the other person and therefore a failure to reach out to that other person and a failure to welcome that person. And so although the United States can be considered a materially wealthy country, Mother Teresa looked at the United States and said, what spiritual poverty is here where people are so lonely, so disconnected, and so ready to abort their children that they don't see the, the poverty that is marking their lives when they can kill a baby in order to live as they want. Brothers and sisters, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. The church cares for the plight of the poor. And yet there are too many people in the church, too many people in government, too many people serving the poor who have a selective notion of who that is and characteristically and continuously omit, reject, and exclude and forget and are blind to the poorest of the poor. This is a situation that Mother Teresa longed to correct this is a situation that Luke's gospel and the teachings of this gospel should correct if we are alert to that teaching. They exclude the poorest of the poor. How can you be concerned for the poor and not for the poorest of the poor? Self-contradictory. doesn't make sense. And yet there are some who, they, they talk about it. We have people who when the... Uh, 
Pope visits the United States. And we saw this when uh, Saint ben uh, Pope Benedict came and Pope Francis will write to him. These are some public officials. They write to the Pope. They want to show, well, basically they want to show off. They want to show they're, uh, they're concerned about the poor, the needy, the vulnerable. The weakest among us, they say. This is their own language. We are concerned about the weakest among us. Yeah, right. These are all people who uh, vote 100% pro-abortion. These are Democrats. Yeah, we're concerned about the, the weakest of the, the poorest of the poor, weakest of the weak. You know what? We don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, the, 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 uh, we don't want to hear it anymore. Because we hear the Gospel of Luke. We hear the Word of God. That's what we hear. That's what you and I hear. We hear the Word of the Lord. So we don't want to hear the words of those who pretend to follow the Lord and cannot include, again, the poorest of the poor, the weakest of the weak. And therefore... They have no business talking about mercy either. Because mercy means I look at the poor and the weak and I go towards them. I intervene for them. I help them. I extend a hand to them. God's first act of mercy to us is creating us without us asking for it, without us earning it. God creates us. He gives us that gift of life. Then, during the course of our life, he challenges us to intervene and rescue the poor and the needy. Just as he rescued his people from slavery in Egypt, just as he rescued us all from slavery to sin by the death and resurrection of Christ. That mercy is active intervention. Justice is the same thing. Mercy and justice work together to intervene for the lowly and raise them up, to set free the oppressed, to break every yoke. God's word is so clear about this. Luke was so clear in pointing this out. The Lord of the poor is the one we worship. Luke was a writer of one of these four Gospels. We stand in church when the Gospel is read as a sign of particular reverence. Of course, we have that reverence for all the Word of God from the first page of Genesis to the last page of Revelation. But brothers and sisters, the Gospels hold a special place in the midst of all of this. And we can celebrate this Feast of St. Luke in a very appropriate way, by committing to read those pages. Take the Gospel of Luke today. Read through it. It's not that difficult to complete. It's 24 chapters. Read through it. Meditate on it. Use it to nourish your prayer. And do so regularly. You know, I taught many scripture courses over the years. And there are many or endless commentaries on scripture. Even more accessible today, of course, online than they ever were before. But the first thing I would always say to the students of the scripture class, let's say it was a class on the Gospel of Luke. I said, okay, well, here's your first assignment. Read the Gospel of Luke from beginning to end. In fact, read it several times. And then if you know some other languages, read it in those other languages. And then read it 
stopping at every little footnote that references back to other scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament and go back and look at those passages that it's referring to. That's a marvelous way of reading the scriptures is let the other scriptures enlighten the scripture that you're reading. The scripture interprets scripture and builds, scripture builds on scripture. I said, and then once you've done that, then we're ready to start talking about the Gospel of Luke. And then, having become very familiar with the text itself, we can start looking at what people said about the text. But before we look at what human beings said about the text, let's read what the Holy Spirit said when he wrote the text. Luke and the other Gospel writers, and Paul when he wrote his letters, and Peter, and James, all those that wrote the Scriptures, were inspired by the Holy Spirit when they wrote. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that they were caught up in some kind of trance where the Lord dictated to them the words. It wasn't dictation. The understanding of of inspiration was that the Holy Spirit saw to it when they were writing these words that exactly what he wanted to be written down was written down, inspired by the Holy Spirit. We can truly say the Holy Spirit is the author, but that doesn't mean that the human author lost his mind at that moment. He was thinking, he was feeling. You see the passion that comes across in the the writings of St. Paul, and you see the specific personality of the writers coming across, like I said before. Luke, is he's emphasizing certain themes that the others don't emphasize as much. He wanted to show the mercy of God. He wanted to highlight the plight of the poor. His priorities, his personality, his insights shone through, and yet the Holy Spirit saw to it that only those words Only those things that the Holy Spirit wanted to assert were asserted in that piece of writing. There's no other book of which we can say that. Read with reverence the Gospels. They're shorter than most of the other books we read. Let's read them over and over again. Let's make these words our daily bread. St. Luke, may we live the words that you have written. May we be champions for the poor, starting with the unborn. May we challenge all those among us who claim to be for the poor and forget the unborn. May they find forgiveness which they need for forgetting the most forgotten. And enable us to show forth the mercy of God, always inviting the repentant sinner back to the embrace of his peace and love. St. Luke, the evangelist, pray for us. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.